Hey there, and welcome to The Hot Slice, the weekly podcast brought to you by Pizza Today Magazine. I am Jeremy White, Editor-in-Chief of Pizza Today. I'm joined today by Executive Editor Denise Greer. What's up, Denise? Hey, Jeremy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited about this episode because it's a little different than what we normally do. Yeah, it definitely is. So uh, as part of our ongoing November issue, um, we're dedicating it to COVID impact stories. And we receive just scores and scores of stories uh, from operators in their own words about what they've experienced since uh, the COVID pandemic uh, began in March. And what what we're airing today is just a little bit different because it was an audio submitted by the operator. Um, and so uh, it's actually, you know, submitted by them. And um, so I'll just tell you right now, it's with uh, Tailgate Brewery in um, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and on, on the interview, interview you're going to hear um, Liz Terry. She's the marketing manager there. And she interviews Wesley Keegan. Uh, and he's the owner there at the brewery. And one of the things that I think is so cool um, is that this is a brewery that actually started as just a brewery and they decided they needed a, they needed a food concept and they thought pizza is perfect. And of course, pizza and beer is perfect. Uh, so they kind of perfected pizza and added a, added a whole pizza line. And, and that's something we know we hear a lot about. We do see that a lot, you know, beer and pizza, peanut butter and jelly. It's a match made in heaven. It's just a uh, iconic pairing. And we have seen many breweries over the years decide to expand by adding food. And pizza seems to be the natural choice when they do that. We've also seen some pizzerias delve delve into the brewing aspect. But, uh, you know, even here in Louisville, we just went a few months ago to... uh, Max at Mile Wide. That's where Mile Wide Brewery in Louisville partnered up with Max Doughhouse, and now boom, they're together in the same location. Um, Columbus, Indiana, Zwanzig's Pizzeria. They're brewing their own beer, uh, Peace Pizzeria and Brewery in Chicago. There's so many places. Uh, Nick, our good friend Nick Bogat, uh, Caliente Pizza and Draft House in Pittsburgh, started with his primary focus on the beer. It was going to be about the beer. Craft beer was going to be the calling card. That's what was going to get the people in the door. And over time, it has evolved to where the pizza is now the main concept, the main component. It, it's it's all important, but pizza is where it's at for them right now, too. So we do see this quite regularly. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, for a brewery to take this on, to take on pizza, um, you know, it, it is a challenge because in the way that a brewery is very focused on, um, you know, its formula in, um, you know, and its processes, um, the dough process is a very specific and finite thing that, that people have to get down right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to listen to Wesley talk about uh, what's happening at the brewery and how they added the pizza line and um and you know what's happened with covid because you know they're a young company and they were trying to um you know to work through this pandemic as well yeah it's they've got a lot of really interesting things to say and uh, one of these days we should get them on for more of a formal interview where we can ask some more probing questions but it was pretty cool and let's let's get to hearing what they have to say right on let's jump right in 
Hey everyone, it's Katie, art director at Pizza Today, here to interrupt your podcast with a short commercial. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. And now, back to the slice. Hey guys, my name is Liz. I'm here with Wesley Keegan, the owner and brewmaster at Tailgate Brewery. We are a craft brewery and pizzeria in Nashville, Tennessee. I am the marketing manager and Wes is, as I said, the owner, brewmaster, uh, and pizza aficionado in chief, really. So he's here to talk a little bit about how our business has changed over the past few months, um, what we've done, and what we're looking forward to in 2021. So I'll hand it over to Wes. Do you want to give us a little background on how we got pizza started here at Tailgate? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing this for about six years now. And when we opened, we opened as a craft brewery. That was kind of the only focus we had. Um, We did not intend to offer food. We did not intend to have any type of restaurant component. Uh, I'm a beer guy by trade. And, you know, where I grew up and where I come from out on the West Coast, breweries didn't have restaurants, at least, you know, early on, if you were a brew pub, you did one thing well, you did food or beer, um, great, but never both. So it was always kind of a slippery slope and one that I really wanted to avoid and I wanted to invest in beer only. And we quickly found out that was not a good idea. Um, our guests would come to the brewery. And despite having an open food policy, you could bring it in from outside. You could grab it from the pizzeria. There's a great New York pie slice shop up the street. You can go grab theirs and bring it here, but people didn't want to do that. They wanted us to have something in-house. And so we very slowly started to offer food options. But I realized that for this to really work and for us to have a tap room that supported coming out and visiting us, because we are a destination location in West Nashville, um, we needed to give them a reason to stay. And that, that reason became pizza. Uh, I was very passionate about pizza. I was very interested in pizza. Um, I think like most people love eating pizza, but I'd never worked in a pizza restaurant before. I have a lot of hospitality background, but never pizza specifically. So I did a bunch of homework. I did a bunch of research, um, went to every pizza place I could think of, including Costco, which is where I found our oven. Um, you know, I, I saw the name on the side of the oven, the XLT oven and the Costco uh, pizza kitchen and called that company from there and said, Hey, I want to buy this exact same oven you have in Costco. Cause if it works for them, then I'm sure it works for us. And so that's how we started with our ovens and, you know, just kind of spent the next six months building it from scratch and, and launching it. And I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell our team. I didn't tell our guests. It was just kind of put together. And the day that our oven showed up, um, was the day we launched our kitchen and, that was about five years ago now with our one location, in West Nashville. So from launching in West Nashville, I had discovered pizza today. And um, well, I, I discovered pizza today when I was doing my homework and I, I joined immediately. And that was a big piece of learning the pizza industry. Um, but I, I found the, the pizza expo in Vegas. So I signed up for that for the first year, brought my managers out. And we went to every conference we could. We went to every, um, not conference, um, every seminar we could. And 
pretty much spent the day in every seminar. And when we weren't there, we were on the trade show floor. And then coincidentally, some of the vendors that we were talking to in Nashville about expanding our menu were out there working anyway. Um, so that really solidified our menu. And in a lot of ways, it verified that what we were doing was important and was impressive and that um, it was substantial. Uh, you know, in our first year that we'd been doing this for about a year by the time we made it to Pizza Expo, we were already exceeding sales that a lot of the speakers were doing um, out of their pizzerias in different locations across the country. And so that's when we realized that we had something special, that we were making a great product. Our reviews were really strong. We were doing things from scratch and we were doing it at volume. So from there, I came back and, and you know, I'm the, I'm the only owner here at Tailgate. Um, so I don't have to present things to a board or a think panel or what have you. I just hit the gas and tried to think of ways to expand. And we fortunately found our second location that um, we now make cider out of. And we brought our scratch pizza kitchen to as well. So um, at that time, we had two pizzerias attached to two breweries. And a year and a half later, we opened up our third. So today we have three locations um, around Nashville that are all offering a similar service menu that support the brewery itself. So Wes, you want to give us um, kind of a short overview of the shelter in place order, how it's affected us and kind of where we started in March? Yeah. So March in Nashville was a little bit different. I feel like than March in the rest of the country, because we had the unique situation of Nashville proper being hit by a huge tornado uh, two weeks before we were shut down with what we had called the shelter in place, you know, our city did. Um, so we got hit by a tornado as COVID started to become a talking point and the city was being affected hard. You know, fortunately, all of our locations kind of dodged this tornado that ripped right through town by about a mile or so in any direction. And it cut, cut clear across town and it affected our employees. It affected our, uh, our guests. I mean, it affected everything. And, we had just got to the other side of it where we thought that, you know, this was going to be something that we could springboard into a busy spring season and the shelter in place order started coming down. So we were fortunate in that um, incredibly, again, we're a brewery, but in, incredibly over half of our sales is pizza. Um, you know, the other half being beer, which is a, is a good business model for a taproom concept. Uh, we were allowed to stay open at 50% before we were officially fully shut down in the middle of March. And when we saw that coming, we kind of used that week before the official shutdown to get ready to be shut down. So, you know, looking at other cities and other states, we could see that was the direction that it was going. And we got our game plan in order so that when we were told that we were no longer going to be open to the public, we were prepared to do takeout immediately. And and we had never done takeout at any large scale because you know, again, we were a brewery first and uh, we didn't want to compete with the pizzerias in town because we wanted the pizzerias in town to carry our beer. So it was really important to us that we had stood as a brewery that offered pizza, um, albeit a substantial pizza business. Um, but when we had the shelter in place order, it was time to learn how to operate like a pizzeria. And it was time yesterday. So, so we did. Um, some of the things that we had to do right away was we launched our own in-house delivery. We'd always worked with third-party apps. We worked really hard with Postmates and Uber and Amazon was here for a little while before that went away. But we would work hard on negotiating our contracts and understanding what our percentages were supposed to be and how to be a partnership rather than just a, a fee bucket 
So that was always in place, but launching our own self-delivery was not something that we were ever interested in, um, nor our team for that matter, but something that we had to do. So we launched that immediately and that, that got really busy for us right out of the gate. Um, our city supported uh, beer to go, which is great for us and that we make beer. And that went live right away. So for us, when we weren't delivering pizza, we were delivering beer. But how it worked out really was one complemented the other, which was really supportive for us um, getting our feet underneath us. And then we did a lot of logistics things, too, that you would probably take for granted as a pizzeria. You know, we only had one phone line ever. And all of a sudden we needed as many as possible. So, you know, service companies like Comcast or phone line companies around town weren't doing in-house visits anymore. They weren't sending out their reps or their techs. So there wasn't really a way or a fast way for us to get phone lines on. So we had to figure that out. And we did as fast as we could. And then once we had the extra lines, we had to figure out how to use it. And fortunately, we had a, a, a girl that works with us and she's been with us for a long time. She's one of our best bartenders who had worked in a pizzeria in, in uh, I believe, New York as she was growing up and she was the lead phone operator. And as the phone operator, she had the most experience running a busy pizzeria takeout that none of us did. So that helped a lot. Um, we launched an entirely new POS in the middle of our shutdown. We didn't have contactless payment. We didn't have online ordering. Um, you know, fortunately, we do have Liz on our team who does marketing and is online savvy. So she was able to do that manually while we were figuring out the POS. But we didn't have contactless. We didn't have any of the things that people are taking for granted right now or as a requisite today because they weren't. So things like launching a new POS was not on our radar and uh, immediately it had to be. So across three locations and without closing for one day, we launched an entirely new POS, did not miss a minute of business and uh, it's made us better for sure. Um, that POS was toast that we switched to. Hey everyone, it's Katie, art director at Pizza Today here to interrupt your podcast with a short commercial break. If you're looking for a POS provider that truly understands pizzerias, look no further than PDQ. Designed from the ground up for the exact needs of pizzerias, PDQ POS has been doing pizza ordering, delivery, and takeout for over 32 years. With all the functionality you need in today's environment, including online ordering, rewards, seamless integration, contactless functionality, and so much more, PDQ is your single source for, well, everything. Learn more today at pdqpos.com or call 877-968-6430. That's 877-968-6430. And now, back to the slice. It's definitely quite a few months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what you feel like worked for us? What, what we kept going, kind of what we relied on? Yeah, so everybody's got a story today about what, what it's been like and, you know, how hard it's been. But I think the biggest advantage we've had is we've been diversified out of the gate. You know, for example, we started with beer and it was really important to us that we had a food component that supported and complemented the beer. We kind of view our service the same way and the people that we hire and the team that we build so that when people were concerned about, hey, where can I go get food? They knew that they could trust us, that we were going to do it right, that we were going to do it safe and that, you know, we were doing it with the intent to keep people employed. Um, so it really worked that we did a lot to spread our message. Um, we really hammered our online marketing 
And we just started doubling down on our, all of our efforts, both paid and, and organic. And every message that we put out was 100% social media driven. And that hasn't slowed down. We haven't turned that back. So that was something that we always did. Um, but we've just sort of hit the gas on it. And, uh, and the results have helped. Hiring somebody full time made a big difference just before all this happened, coincidentally. Um, but certainly social media worked. It works. And I think it's going to continue to work. Um, we did have some organic outreach with stuff like our mug club, which is a discount program for, uh, for our taproom fans. But again, most all of that was social media. The other things that made a big difference were we have a really popular special that we've been doing for about the entire time we've been doing pizza. We do it a half price pizza night on Wednesdays and it was our slowest night of the week when it launched. And now half price pizza is our busiest night of the week. And it's become something that. Uh, does so much pizza so fast that we have to have the most people on staff. We have to have um, the ability to move the most food. We have now have to do it to go. So even like little things like that that were popular, now all of a sudden they were a challenge because we knew that we could sell a bunch of pizza. But if you're selling a bunch of pizza at half off, you're really not capitalizing on those pints to go to help offset what that special was built to do in the first place. So we had to look at little things like you know, our boxes cost us a couple of bucks each. They're custom boxes and look really nice. So we just made that a straight cost line item to our guests that were taking that product to go because normally this was a dine-in only and you could no longer dine in. So we took that from a, um, from a dine-in to a takeout. We passed along the actual raw expense of the takeout box and then kept everything else in place. And people received that really well. Um, they were happy to help us cover that additional cost that wasn't there. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, Pizza Today had a good article that said uh, your success is a direct result of your community involvement. 100%. I think that for us too, you know, we we talk to our, our guests a lot. We do it on social media and our, our pages, I think, are really conversational and we get a lot of engagement. And um, I think the thing that made us optimistic when things were the worst in market was that our community kept showing up. Um you know, it's, it's silly to think of it this way, but the day that everybody received their stimulus check was the busiest day we had um, for pizza takeout in our history. You know, we had people lined up. We were on a seven and a half acre property here in West Nashville. We had people lined up clear across the parking lot, which, you know, holds hundreds of cars. Um, you know, that is the community coming out to, su- to support and, you know, put that, you know, their, their dollars where you know, they want to see people succeed. And they're a big reason we did. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about our pizza of the month specials? Yeah, so we've always, you know, our our pizza menu, um, you know, it's interesting because when I read pizza today and I uh, listen to their podcasts, there's, uh, you know, pizzaiolos that, you know, are, are trained pizza professionals. And, you know, I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I've made our, our menu and I have developed our pizza, but, you know, I am not a master of dough or um, I I'm good at beer fermentation, but not necessarily dough fermentation. I know our dough fermentation, but, um, you know, our thing was always, we do traditional pretty well. It's always heavy toppings and, uh, it's not deep dish. It's not thin. It's not Chicago. It's not Detroit. We're not making traditional grandma's pies, all of which I love. Um, but we're making kind of a traditional kind of medium thickness, uh, chewy, salty, a little bit sweet dough in our crust. Um, that carries a lot of different flavors. And, you know, we're heavy on the sauce, we're heavy on the cheese, heavy on the toppings, but 
we started doing a program called pizza of the month where each month, uh, you know, I get a chance to work with our kitchen managers and come up with something that's a little bit crazy, a little bit silly. And, you know, sometimes it's a way for us to try something that we want to put on the menu. Like we tried a, uh, a cold cheese pizza, which is really big in Connecticut. And um, we tried that here for pizza of the month. And, you know, it's not a slice shop, but did not translate. We've done things like hot Cheetos pizza and people lost their freaking minds over it. Um, but that one's so niche that we kind of just bring that back every year for 420 because it's silly. But pizza of the month maintained. And, you know, we've we found a lot of pizzas that are now on our regular menu because we've started them on pizza of the month. And, you know, like one example to my knowledge is we were the first in Nashville to make a Nashville hot chicken pizza. Now that's a product that you find all over Nashville. You find it all over the country, but we did that years ago and that wasn't in play, but the pizza of the month allowed us to kind of play with it. And um, it's a pretty low cost entry for us to get experimental. And that was something that we learned from the beer business. You know, you make a beer and you can one and done it. And, you know, by the time it runs away, as long as it's a good product, you know, no harm, no foul. And hopefully you learn something. But for us during shutdown, we kept the pizza of the month going. And it was something that kind of felt normal, which was really important to our team. And we actually found one that was a big hit with our jerk chicken. You know, one of our kitchen managers who's been with us for almost four years now is from Jamaica originally. And I was joking with him about, geez, I can't imagine why we never did a traditional Jamaican jerk pizza. I mean, I imagine you're a pretty good cook, right? And he laughed and said, yeah, 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 I'm pretty good. And I said, okay, well, let's build something. And we did, and it's it's become one of the best-selling pizzas we've ever done, and it will be on our next menu full-time. And the, the sauce that we did for the jerk chicken was so popular that people were ordering it for their wings too. So it's actually going to be springboarding us into a more diversified wing menu, um, which is going to diversify our full menu Big picture. What kind of springboarding from that into 2021? I know you've talked a lot about um, how we have to change and diversify our menu and elevate our menu um, because a lot of other breweries and people in the beer industry are adding in kitchens. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So what's really interesting is today, um, you know, as things sit, we're optimistic you know, we've had a good summer um, across our three locations. Performance was a little bit different. One of them was a little more tourist driven. So obviously with no tourists in town, um, that business was down the lowest. But, you know, we were really creative um, about how to manage costs and how to use it as a growth opportunity and become better operators. What we've noticed, though, is that in our industry, in the beer, in the beer business, where, you know, like I was saying earlier, breweries do not want to be in the food business. It's a challenging industry. And, you know, a brewery and a restaurant is a very similar um, concept in that each one has a really high um, failure rate. It's a high cost of entry, and it's also a pretty low skill set to enter. So most people could start a restaurant tomorrow. Most people could start a brewery tomorrow. Um, starting a great restaurant or a great brewery is pretty hard. Starting both is, is super hard. Um, but now as, as the local laws have dictated that if you're not offering food, you're not open, breweries are pivoting to offer food and pizza is going to be a pretty common entry. And I've seen and heard a lot of that. So we're now talking about rolling out a new menu that's going to diversify us even a little bit more. Um, and we're looking at products that are going to complement our existing pizza menu because, you know, we're a pizza restaurant first and foremost in our tap rooms. 
So the products that we offer is not going to make it busier, but hopefully make it better. You know, we're going to continue to cut items that aren't our best performing. We're going to bring in some of those pizza of the months that might be our best performing, do some diversification into our wing menu. And we're looking at some other products that, um, you know, are high popularity, high profit margin and easy operations. You know, now that some of the new oven technology has changed with air fryers and such, uh, we're going to bring in some, some fries to our menu. So we can do that without bringing in a traditional fryer so we're excited about that, but that's going to make it even more so a traditional restaurant, um, which is further down the direction than we ever really intended to go in the first place, you know, five years ago. What else is kind of on your mind for 2021? Um, for 2021, I think we're really optimistic. You know, I think that the general consensus among my peers and, and among the hospitality industry is tighten the belt and buckle up. It's going to be an interesting winter. Um, you know, we, there's a lot of variables that we don't have control of. COVID has shown us that, you know, there's, there's always something that, you know, none of us can predict, but things that are traditional challenges, I think are going to be even bigger challenges this year. So, you know, temperature changes, we've had a lot of benefit from being able to eat outside. You know, we've had pretty good weather here in Nashville this year. Um, so people have enjoyed being outside. And, you know, when it gets darker earlier, people go home sooner. That's a traditional challenge. Uh, who knows what, you know, sports coming back, especially football, is going to yield because, you know, football Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, especially in the South, is a really big deal. Um, but maybe not this year because we have capacity limitations. limitations. Um, and then, of course, if something changes that's, you know, back in that COVID category that's out of our hands. So, you know, for me, my goal is to, um, again, remember to, to stay smart, get smarter if possible, be lean, uh, encourage our team to find opportunities for growth. And, you know, I, I am very excited about getting through this winter because I think on the other side, this world's got a lot of good news waiting for it. And, you know, if everybody's looking forward to celebrating, that's, that's the business we're in and making beer, pizza and a great place to hang out. So, when people are looking for a place to celebrate, we're going to be here ready for it. I love that. Anything else you want to add to our COVID-19 capsule? No, no, I think that's it. Um, I think that's the, the big summary. The biggest difference for us, again, is just that we're, we're a brewery first. But uh, when we made the commitment to pizza, you know, our goal was always that um, we're going to treat it like beer. It's going to be excellent and not at all. So... That's our approach to how we make pizza every day. And we found a good way to streamline it. And uh, it is relatively simple compared to some of these really impressive menus that offer four or five different types of pizzas um, all in the same menu. But, you know, ours is fun and it's a great quality product every time. So that, that is what we intend to set out to do every day.